Who knows what Jay-Z, J.K. Rowling, Bill Gates and Oprah Winfrey all have in common? Okay, I will tell you then. They have all overcome failure in one shape or form to go on to gain success in their respective careers. Welcome to My Perfect Failure. Join us as we delve into the world of our perfect failures. We will interview, explore, and discuss how our perfect failures can lead us to success. Join us and tune in. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of My Perfect Failure. Today, we have another fantastic guest. So my guest today is a life coach located in Massachusetts. She helps clients nationwide that are going through divorce and separation. She obtained her love and authentic authenticity certificate from Authentic Living, where she learned how to facilitate internal healing by uncovering and addressing the root causes of our external symptoms. Additionally, she learned her NLP certification from the Association for Integrative Psychology, which is helping her serve her clients with overcoming limiting beliefs, breaking behavioral patterns, creating more freedom and choice over their mindset and developing stronger and healthier relationships. She has three beautiful daughters and is obsessed with learning more about quantum physics and human potential. Her mission is to help people remove fear-based living through healing, self-acceptance and unconditional love. So a very warm welcome to my perfect failure, Armida Martinez. How are you, Armida? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. Wow. You have an amazing mission statement. There's so many amazing things that are part of your armory of tools that you have and you help your clients and I guess family and friends with. What an amazing combination you've got. Thank you. Okay, okay. So we're, we're going to dig into that anyway. So you, so I'm going to entice out of you more of your background and all, and and how actually you're doing all this amazing work supporting your clients and and your community. Yes, awesome. So it's funny that you say that because a lot of that beautiful introduction came from a place of pain and struggles. That's yeah. what got me to the other side. So it's a beautiful introduction, but it wasn't always like that. And yeah. um. I've had many struggles. So my story goes back to, you know, I was a pretty confident teenager. You know, I was pretty confident uh, in my early, late teens, early adulthood. Um, you know, I always was, I was fearless and took chances. I still wasn't completely fully aware of who I really was, but I was still very daring. Um, then I got married and I became a mom. And for some reason, finding that balance between motherhood and wife and who you are as a person was a real big challenge for me. And what I find, from what I'm finding out for a lot of moms mm. and wives, because we, um, at least for me, we take that role so seriously, which we should, mm. but we somehow tend to neglect our own needs. And so once I became a mom, once I became a wife, I was so focused on, you know, my family and I was a working mom. I was a social worker. So I was doing, you know, social work nine to five. I had, you know, had three kids kind of back to back. They were they're about five years apart between all three kids. Um, and I gave so much to my family, but gave nothing to myself. And then what I was noticing is that my confidence my self-worth was um, plummeting. Okay. And I was finding myself in a place where I was reaching out and expecting, 
my husband, my kids, and the people around me to fill up my cup because I wasn't doing that for mm. myself. I was okay. showing up for them from a place of need mm. and lack. Um, and from not very, it wasn't an authentic place. So I was really hurting inside, but I didn't know how to handle those emotions. So when you got married, were you, what sort of age were you? The reason I asked that, because I'm wondering whether we'll probably get into this in terms of your clients that you, that you work with and you support. Are there, are they a certain age group? You know, what's going on there? But I'll let you answer the first thing. Maybe you can sort of uh, delve into that. Sure. So I did get married very young. I was 22 years old. Mm. Um, that's an, another thing. You know, I was 22. My husband was 21. I'm a year older than him. Um, so we both got married really young. Um, and what was the other part of the question? <laughs> it was just kind of like around the, your clients that you support. Are you supporting more of the younger age group, or is it really a mixed bag in terms of marriage and separation? It's a mix. But okay. what I have noticed is that my work, it's to help you build your relationship within yourself. Because what mm. I found during my journey is that my heart was closed off. So I was showing up for other people from a place of, you know, I was very conditional with the love I was given okay. to people. And then I was expecting unconditional love from everybody else, mm. but I wasn't given that to myself. Okay. And through my journey, what I learned was when I opened up my heart, that's when I found freedom. And, and, and so it's funny because I feel like all our lives, we're looking for love. We're looking for connection, but we're doing it from a place of lack and fear and mm. want and control and not from a place of authenticity and unconditional love. And from the work that I did, the healing work of releasing emotions and traumas and fears and finding out where it really was, I did a lot of spiritual work, was that... Um, once you open up your heart and allow yourself to be vulnerable and it, there's work to be done to get mm. to that point. But once you do that, the freedom that you find at the other side is, is magical mm. because then when you're showing up for yourself and for the world, you're showing up from a place of authenticity and really unconditionality. So you're not expecting anything from anybody else. So before I was expecting everybody else to do things for me because I wasn't doing those things for myself. Okay. So I took charge of my own life. So in my work, I sh- it's because I know I, I work mostly with people who go through a separation and divorce. I, and But it's really about mending that relationship with yourself, which then trickles to the people around you. Mm. And so it's kind of, it it's helps you strengthen all of your relationships. Mm. How did it feel when obviously you were doing lots for other people? you know, family, work, and everybody else. So when you weren't getting anything back in terms of what you wanted, how did that make you feel? What did that, how did that manifest inwardly and outwardly? Oh, absolutely. Fear, anxiety. Um, I felt like I wasn't able to control my environment. I felt neglected. I felt abandoned. Mm. I had some childhood trauma that fell back to abandonment. I think, you know, as kids, we from the age of zero through seven, our subconscious mind is picking up everything that happens. Mm, yeah. And kids will sometimes go through struggles that we don't understand because we're not old enough. We don't have the tools. And then we give it a meaning. And mm. then there's a story behind that. And then as we grow up, if we don't process that, and not that we need to go back and process it, but we need to definitely be aware of certain things. And what I learned was that as a child, I had struggled with some abandonment issues. And it was, I think, 
So it's interesting because I've had two big relationships, like intimate relationships in my life. And my first boyfriend, uh, as, as soon as we broke up a few months later, I started dating my husband. Mm. And it's like, I never gave myself the time to process mm. my emotions. And, you know, kind of like I went from one relationship to another. And so, um, and I think that was the way, not that I, it was both relationships were beautiful and they're both amazing people. And, and, um, but I needed, I didn't give myself that time because I mm. felt like if one relationship ended, it was kind of a failure. And then, and, and I felt abandoned. So I moved, even though in a way I self-sabotaged that first mm. relationship falling apart. Um, I, when I moved into my second relationship, I wasn't healed. And then I learned that how you end one relationship is how you start the new one. Right. Yeah. So I had to make men's that my relationship was, my marriage was falling apart, which brought in a lot of shame and guilt and fear and all of this mixed emotions that I had to end up working through. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, cause I've not never been married. So it's interesting when you talk about guilt, fear, and those emotions that you feel, where, where does that come from? Does that, so it, does that come <laughs> from just generally because a relationship's ended or is that more something that is prevalent to women because you don't want to tell your girlfriends or your family that this has broke down where does that come from it's a mixture of everything i believe it's okay. a mixture of feeling like you're a failure you know like i said i the the some of the trauma that i experienced as a child was due to my parents separating when they mm. were little and they had they didn't separate in a great way. They, you know, didn't really speak to each other. They kind of spoke bad about each other. And I got to experience that as a child. So growing up, I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to put my kids through that. And so when I realized that my marriage was falling apart, I was like, oh my goodness. I felt like, oh crap. Mm. Now I'm going to, you know, I don't feel right in this marriage. I know it's not really working for yeah. me at that I felt like I tuned into my, uh, my authentic self and I knew that this wasn't the right path for me anymore. But then I had that shame and that guilt and that fear, like, you know, my family and society and my kids and, you know, I can't. So I was thinking about everybody else. That's Mm. why I was feeling all the pain and the shame and the guilt and fear, as opposed to listening to what my heart and my intuition was telling me. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I heard singer Sierra talk about that recently about when she split up from her I don't think she was married, but from her partner at the time, had a child, and she felt she describes what you've said sort of guilt and shame and all those emotions. So, but when you were talking, I just thought of her interview when she was talking around that. So, things changed for you. There was a was there a watershed moment where you felt I've got to do something, there's something going on here, and I need to take the ball by the horns and actually try and fix it. Absolutely. I remember that day. It's so funny when you hit rock bottom. I think Mm. it's a day for most people who I've heard that have hit rock bottom. There's that pivoting moment, right? For everyone. And we can always remember it. And I remember it was a cloud. I don't remember the day that it was, but I remember it was a cloudy day. I dropped off my kids to school. At that time I was doing real estate from home, Okay. came home. And I just remember like looking out the window in my office and I just dropped down to my knees. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Mm. Like this, there's gotta be more to life. I feel so unfulfilled, so unhappy. This is not the life that I wanted. I know that I'm not showing up as my best version for my kids and for the people around me. And I remember just having this really humbling after I Mm. cried and cried and cried, just really feeling really light. And then having this humbling moment of surrender 
I think in my life and in life where I, I was always trying to control all the outcomes, try to control everything. And for the first time in my life, I truly felt what surrender was. I really mm. just said, you know, if there's a higher power, if there's a God, universe, whatever it is, I, I like, I, I need help. Like mm. I feel stuck. This is not the life that I wanted. I know there's something in me because I could feel it. And I, I help me. And I remember after that point, it's like everything started to kind of align. And, you know, like they say, you, when the, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, right? Okay, really? So then after yeah. that, I had been into self-help okay. more like in a way of, so when I felt like, go back a little bit, when I was feeling stuck, unfulfilled, unhappy, I was like, oh, how can I make myself feel better? Started practicing law of attraction because now how can I bring material things mm. into my life? to make me feel better, right? Yeah. Let me see how I can get the house, the car, the this, the that, trying to find things to cover up what I needed to work on, which was really mm. within. Yeah. And so from there, it led me, after I started studying love of, law of attraction a lot, what I found out was really humbling is that law of attraction is so, it's spiritual in nature. It's really spiritual in nature. And I think people call it um, law of attraction just because I know there's a taboo with spirituality mm-hmm. and certain things. But I, for me, that's what I got out of it. In, 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 in law of attraction, you have to set a goal for what you want. You're co-creating with the universe and you have to learn the art of surrendering, right? Okay. And that's the hardest thing to do. So from there, from trying to get the material things, I was working, I, I realized like it's deeper than that. It's connecting to myself. It's having that trust within myself which gets built from doing a lot of that release work um, that I ended up doing, just being really looking deep within myself because when everything was happening, I was the victim. Mm. And I looked at, I was blaming everybody for everything that was going on in my life, but not taking responsibility for where I was. Mm. And that was a moment when I went through that session, when I threw myself on the floor, I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, I did not like what I saw. I was like, wow, for the longest time, I've been giving my power away to everybody else instead of keeping the power within me. But that was the moment that I took my power back. Okay. Okay. So just in relation to that, so you had that, you had that moment where you came in and you sort of surrendered, you had that moment in that moment when you surrendered, did you have clarity? I did. I did. I had some clarity. Okay. I think I didn't have all of it, but I knew what I had to do. And I knew that I had to trust what I was feeling. And I knew that I had to tune into my emotions and process and tune into my heart mm. because that's one of the things I learned. I think, um, I think for, um, for most of our lives, we spent, like I said, guarding our hearts. So I, for me, I think, cause I had it from stuff that I had to experience from childhood and because I was taught. And I think most people are like emotions is such a taboo mm. um, topic for us. If yeah. you're crying, if people see you're crying, you're sensitive. Mm. If, you know, yeah. if, if you, you know, we're taught to um, like, if something's happening in the household or anywhere, we're taught to, you know, sweep it under the rug. We are so here to process emotions. And that's what I had to learn through it all, how to, process my emotions, take time to slow down because what we resist persists, right? Yeah. So what I had to learn was how to get curious about my emotions. Why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling and taking the time to process them so that 
they can now, because once you take the time to process your emotions, they don't have a hold on you. They don't mm. control you anymore. You're aware of them. And so I had to learn to start doing and really gaining emotional, to get the emotional freedom that I was seeking because that's why I was hurting inside and my heart was in pain. But to gain that, I had to do that work. And so I, it was, you know, it's hard to be mm. open, to be vulnerable, but that's where the freedom really comes from. And that's what I believe this work is all about, because I feel like at the end of the day, we're all beings of love and light and, mm. and we're, and it's what makes us human. It's what makes us have compassion towards others and patience towards others and towards ourselves. And it's what connects us to one another and doing quantum physics, because I realized we're all energetic beings. We're 90.999% something energy. That's why when you walk into a room, you can feel somebody's energy. Yeah. And so we are connected. We are one and there's the wholeness, but we believe there's this separation between us, um, which causes us, to, causes us to be guarded, to live in fear, to live, you know, to have that guilt and that shame. And all the work that I did brought me to a place where I, found myself, found my truth, opened up my heart. And even though my heart is fully open, I have never felt so free Mm. and so empowered and so much in control. So it's crazy how, when you try to control things, you don't really have control over it, but when you release that control, you do. Yeah. It's mind blowing. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So there's a lot that you've just referenced, a lot of amazing stuff that you're able to sort of unlock and and incorporate into you evolving and overcoming a lot of the stuff that you were dealing with. How did you, were you able to sort of dissect that all on your own or did you have support? Was there anybody, obviously you support loads and lots and lots of people. Did you have anybody that helped you along your way? Oh, absolutely. So my spirit, my, my journey took more of a spiritual path. Um, so I was doing a lot of self-help. I was reading a lot. So I did read a lot of books, listen mm. to a lot of YouTube videos and podcasts from, um, I did sign up for some, you know, hire some coaches to help mm. me along my journey. Okay. Um, and it all worked out beautifully. So yes, I've had a team of, of support. Okay. For okay. Sure. okay. So, so that, and I have those moments of, uh, clarity and just pr- pr- progress. So Yes. So, so you, you mentioned, so I don't know what this is, so maybe you can break it down for me. Qu- quantum physics, what, what is that and how does it work? So quantum physics is the study, really the study of spirituality, but it's like the, they call it quantum physics. It's st- just studying the energy field that's around us. In quantum physics, what they say is that there's big energy force around us that mm. we're part of. And mm. we're connected to each and every single one of us. And it really, it's, it, it helps you co-create your life. So depending what you believe in, it's like the God-like force energy okay. um, that helps you um, along your journey. That's why you have control. Like we co-create our lives and it's, it's all about our thoughts mm. and our feelings that um create the life that we see, right? Because yeah. it's the story we tell ourselves. You know, if we tell ourselves a negative story, that's what we're gonna keep the the world and and the energy around us is gonna keep showing us that because yeah. that's the energy we're the energy you're putting out is the energy you're getting back. Hmm. Um because we are energetic beings. So it's about as a society and that's world, we're always t- we tend to 
always be told to focus on what's missing. You know, why is this going wrong? And, and this is going bad. And we always tend to focus on what's wrong and what's missing. And when we, pers- when we shift that and try to find, okay, what's work, what do I want and what's working and what can I be grateful for? And what are the things that I want to call into my life and then focus on that? Then what happens is your thoughts and your feelings start interacting with that energy field that's around you and you radiate this energy field that's like, I don't know how, I, I'm like really wide. Mm. And you connect and start interacting with that energy field that helps you to now attract all those things that you're beautiful things that you're calling into your life. You're because you're you're manifesting whether you think you are or you are, you're either manifesting by default or you're manifesting as a because you're working on yourself and, mm. and co-creating with mm. it. So that's what quantum physics, that's what I got out of it. And I am obsessed and it just tells you how how to take control of your emotions, you know, how to really, because if your thoughts and your actions and your feelings are creating your reality, you're co-creating your reality by what you're thinking and believing and seeing, um, then, and that's interacting with the energy field, then you have the power to change Mm. your reality. So if you're living in a reality where you, it's, you're in pain and you're hurting and you're in lack, then Build, let's build a new store. Let's find out why you feel this way so that you can have awareness of it, help you release that. And now let's build this version of yourself that you can focus on. So that's what the energy that you're putting out so that that's the energy that you're getting back. Wow. Does so that make sense? It does. It does. It sounds, it sounds like magic, really. It sounds right. like, it sounds like something I do. I need to do more reading around because I, I get different sort of, because it sounds like a mixture of self-talk and positive thinking and having more control of our thoughts because our thoughts you know we, we have negative thoughts that come into our heads on a daily basis right and someone like you who's got all these qualifications you know how to you know pivot those thoughts and reframe and whatnot but most of us don't know how to do that because we just don't have those we don't have the qualifications we haven't studied and we haven't coached and mentored but you have all these qualifications and skills you're able to help help yourself and also your clients pivot right 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 and it's it's just about becoming awareness of Mm. becoming aware of your thoughts and it takes you know it's it's not hard work but you have to you know there is some work you you have to tune into yourself you have to tune in to, to your emotions. That's the big one. And we're afraid of processing emotions, but the freedom comes from us looking into, you see when you we're afraid of looking at the dark. So this is an analogy. So we go in through the world, right? Let's say we're of the world. It's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a room and Mm. you put into this dark room. Right. Mm. And when you are born and you come into this world, you're given a flashlight. Now you're, you're looking at this, this is big, dark room. And with this flashlight, you could only see what you're pointing at. So if you look over here, you see what's happening over there. If you look over there, you see what's happening over there. When you do the emotional work, it's like somebody turns on the light. And now you can perceive everything in that room. And then you find the power that you have and you see things that you never thought you could see. Because when you're stuck in a problem, you can't see, Mm. you're not 
you don't perceive a solution. It's like you're like if, if it's a tornado and you're going around in a circle and around and around and around like in a hamster wheel. And then someone pulls you into the eye of the tornado and you're like, oh, wow, like this, this has been here all along. Mm. It's like you get clarity and um, and that's empowering. <laughs> yeah. So for people to, I guess, to engage quantum physics and to accept it is do do you have to do people in your opinion have to come from a place of acceptance where they realize that or they want to to change their life because because it's because i guess for, i guess what i'm thinking for 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 a layman that hasn't studied this or hasn't read about it they might think actually this is kind of far fetched from where i am now and it doesn't seem as um real to me now so do people have to come from a place of yeah i want to change this is my this is now the time i think a place of surrender not acceptance but surrender a place where you feel like i because the work that i do and with my clients we don't get into quantum physics this is Mm. things that i've done in my journey Mm. i help clients find out what their what their limiting beliefs are and help them shift out of that and take emotional charge and we you know as we as i coach them throughout the weeks we dig deep into the roots, you know, people show up for coaching with branches. They have, Mm. it's like a tree and Mm. they have these um, symptoms that are like branches. Mm. And sometimes uh, by working with them, I get into, to find out what the root cause is of that problem so that then the branches can fall off. So it's just having that surrender and that willingness to want to feel better and want to, want to, you know, feel at peace. And, and feel happy and feel joyful and feel in control. Because I think that's one of the things a lot of my clients, they don't feel like they have control. Yeah. They feel stuck. They feel in pain and they just don't know what to mm. do. And a lot of times what I found out is that, like you said earlier, they don't even realize that there's another option, that there's mm. another way because they've been living that way for so long that they perceive that as being normal unless yeah. they're they're presented somehow to a different perspective because life is truly about perspective. Yeah. And then- they're like, wow, I didn't even realize that, that that was an option for me, but it's, it's, so the way I do my work is I integrate the psychology with the spirituality, mm. but in a way that makes sense to my clients, you know, mm. less work, it's not less, you know, it's pretty like, let's, you know, we follow a pattern It's very intuitive. And then from there we start digging and releasing and then building, you know, mm. yeah. if we're removing something, we have to replace it. Or are we going to go back to that old version? Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That totally makes sense. So divine growth coaching, this is obviously how you're supporting all your clients and so forth now. So a couple of questions, a couple of questions. Firstly, divine growth coaching, is that therapeutic for you as well to be able to connect with your clients and be able to to give back and to, to make a difference? And the second question is, how did you come up with a name? Well, that's yes completely therapeutic. It's my passion work. It's my purpose work. I've been on the other side of pain Mm. and on the other side of pain, I found freedom. Mm. And I want to, my passion is to help my clients and help others do the same because too many of us live in pain and Mm. fear and lack. And so to, to be able to help others get to that is, is just uh, such a beautiful thing. And Mm. I feel so honored and I'm so grateful. And I don't take that lightly when someone Mm. puts their trust in my hand to help them 
um, you know, shift out of pain, fear-based mm-hmm. living and into freedom and, you know, happiness and joy. And so, yes. And when coaching, when I'm, I, every time I finish a coaching call, I'm on a high, definitely. Really? Uh, it's really? just beautiful. Amazing. I love it. I feel so blessed to be able to do this. Um, and then the other divine growth coaching, I got that name. I put it in meditation. Mm. I wasn't, um, I meditate a lot. It's part of clearing your mind, clearing. Mm. It's something I, I, you know, I help my clients and I tell my clients, um, suggest that they do because it just helps you connect to yourself and kind of clear the, the monkey mind and all those Mm. random thoughts that keep, it helps you control your thoughts. Yeah. Um, and I, I was meditating, put it on the meditation and I went to sleep and in the middle of the night, I got up and that was what came to my mind. Really? So I remember I got up and I wrote it down. I was like, oh, divine growth coaching. And then I was like, well, I guess that's the name, right? Mm. And I like the name. So I was keen, I was keen to, 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 to ask you on that. And, and just, you. no, you're welcome. And just in relation to, to people that you're, that you're working, working with, is it people, is it just relates to divorce or separation or could it be anybody that's got some issues where they're lacking in belief and they want to move beyond that? Oh, it's, I, I work with people from different backgrounds mm. and it's really anybody who wants to, um, you know, learn how to process their emotions and, and, you know, get their power back, feel empowered. And, you know, anybody who's in pain and suffering and stuck and wants to shift to, a different reality because that's what we're really doing um, for themselves. Um, I do divorce and coaching. I gear towards that part of that. Um, I gear towards those people because I got to, as a child, I experienced it. And mm. then as an adult, I went through it. So, and I know that um, the, if there's kids involved and if there's people involved, like sometimes the, the tension that comes from that, mm. you know, and sometimes I feel like a lot of us, especially for me, we, before we start a relationship, most of us, from what I've heard, it's usually a friendship. And mm. then I feel like a lot of times when the intimacy ends, the friendship ends. And then so you lose an intimate partner, you lose a friend, mm. someone you can confide on. So it's it's a bigger loss. And I feel like in society, we're taught to believe that if, if a relationship doesn't work out is a failure. And it's mm. not. It's not a failure. It's only a failure if you allow the circumstances to shape your friendship because Mm. there's no reason why you once you're lovers you can't be friends if the relationship doesn't work out right Mm. so to me that was really important because as a child I got to experience my parents who separated and couldn't keep that friendship and Mm. I know it hurt them you know they wouldn't talk Mm. about it but I know it affected them and so as an adult, I, I didn't want that for myself, you know, because the, the man I was married, I was married to still married to, we haven't legally separated yet, but mm. he's a great guy. And I have a lot of love for him. And, you know, I didn't want it to be that if we weren't in, in an intimate relationship that we couldn't work out anymore. So mm. I want to help kind of get out of that notion and work with themselves so they can open their hearts, see other people's perspective and um, shift that friend, that relationship, you know, mm. and it's funny because once you do that work with yourself it shifts all of your relationships all of my relationships with my parents with Mm. my friends with my sisters because I was showing up as my higher version for Mm. them once I did that work I became my highest version and as my highest version my my heart was fully open and I was showing up without any expectations yeah and how beautiful is that when you someone can know they can come to you be around you and that you can love on them without expecting anything in return 
that's really freeing and really powerful. Yeah, that's a, yeah, it's amazing. It sounds like you've you've to get to that point. It's been quite a journey. But it has been. Can I can I just ask you a question around? So say hypothetically, say if you when you were going through your difficulties in in your marriage, if you'd met somebody like you at the beginning of that process, and so I guess this has two parts. If you met someone like you at the beginning of that process, do you think that would have helped? And also, just when you you talked about the, the union of a relationship, when sometimes the the sex part ends, the 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 friendship part ends as well. Is there again working with someone like you? Could you get maybe? Could you work with? the lady and the the partner, the husband, to maybe fix that so they both are aware that there's something going on here that we need to work on to make sure that this relationship sort of navigates these stormy waters? I love that question. Actually, I love, yes, absolutely. I feel like at the beginning of it all, if I had met someone like me, Mm. um, maybe my relationship would have gone down a different route. Who knows? But I can't. I can't be stuck yeah. on that because that's part of the past. And, mm. you know, I got to keep moving forward. And, and like I said, luckily for me, he's, we're like best friends. Mm. He supports me. I support him. And it's been a beautiful thing. My kids haven't been um, affected by it as much. They know that things are different, but they're mm. happy thriving kids because we're supporting each other and helping each mm. other. And they see that. And, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, but yes, most definitely. My hopes is that while I'm working with people, um, it's, that are going through divorce or separation or mm. any type of, you know, relationship issues mm. that once they clear all this stuff, they can tune into themselves and see if they want to stay in the relationship. That would be a beautiful thing. Mm. Like it's to help them get that clarity. Cause sometimes when there's a, pr- a problem, a lot of times we're in a head space, we're not in our hearts. Mm. And so it's a getting people back into their heart space yeah. Because that's when you're really going to connect to someone. And that's when you're really going to make that decision that's aligned for you. And I tell all, my job as a coach, it's not, it's to help give you clarity, give you tools and different perspective mm. so that you as a client can tune into yourself and decide what's best for you. Yeah. 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 Because if you've got that awareness, you, because I guess in relationships, sometimes it can be quite confusing when you've the relationship isn't working you're kind of not sure quite why and then you've got outside things going on you might have children children you've got work going on and it can be quite it, it, you know and then, and then everything gets on top of you and at that point you just think well I'll take every day as it comes and hopefully I can I can survive each day but I guess working with you and obviously your journey once you're able to get that clarity you're now in you know imparting that on your client so they can hopefully make the best of what their current situation is right right my goal is that they have thriving relationships Mm. with their spouse or and with everybody around them and that comes from them doing that work and if if after doing that work they feel like you know what this still doesn't feel right then you got to follow what your heart is telling you. Mm. But after doing the work, you might find like, no, that I, after I cleaned up my, you know, cleared all the cluttered Mm. and I opened up my heart, I don't want to go anywhere that I want to make this work. And absolutely that that's Mm. what it's all about. It's about having a healthy relationship, regardless of which way you decide to Mm. go in the relationship. Right. So in your experience, when you're working 
with clients and you see that that shift you see them that shift are they having to study are they having to you know repeat behaviors so self-reflection and sort of controlling the mind becomes sort of a habit are there, are there sort of nuances to to how this works for for your clients or people in your opinion right right so it's about getting control of your your you know being aware of what you're thinking mm. and there is like I call it pattern interrupts. So it's okay. about pattern interrupting. So as you go through your day, um, you know, when you find and you automatically know when you're having those fear-based emotions that keep you on fight or flight mode, right? Because mm. you start feeling in pain, you start feeling anxious, you start feeling um, like you're not in control, you start feeling um, all, your body starts to show you that there's something happening. And it's about trying to find the point when you start feeling this way of rewiring. Cause what happens is um, the behavior that we have, we've, we've been that person for mm. so long. Mm. So we are now rewiring the brain by your body's used to every time something triggers you, you react in a certain way. Mm. So now by doing pattern interrupts that it's, you know, okay. it depends on the client. We work through different ones. What you do is interrupt that pattern. And as yeah. the more you interrupt that pattern, when it shows up, yeah. you start to rewire your brain and create a new way of doing things, right? Yes, yeah, Which will help you shift out. It's like the Dr. Joe Dispenza um, book, like uh, breaking the habit of being yourself. Okay. You've been this person with these behaviors for so long. And that's great. Don't judge yourself for them because they served you at a certain point in your life, mm. right? There's a mm. reason for it. But now you know, now you've made the conscious decision that this you want to shift that. You want to have control of your life. You want to, you don't want to live in pain and fear and anxiety anymore. You don't want to live in fight or flight. You want to thrive, mm. right? Yeah. So it's a process because you're constantly um redirecting your mind. Mm. Um, and the more you do it, the easier you get and the get less that you have to do it. So initially you're like like a roller coaster ride. Yeah. And it's a big, huge roller coaster. But the more you do the work, it starts becoming less and less and less. And then, you know, and we all get triggered. I still get mm. triggered at times. But my triggers went from being, you know, months, sometimes years. I mean, I was stuck in a rut for years, then mm. months, then weeks, then days, then hours, to yeah. minutes, now seconds. Now I can have the emotional freedom that when something triggers me, I can easily stop and process the emotion and let it go. Yeah, it's clever stuff the way that you described it, and it kind of makes sense to me. It kind of gives me you are you you've um sort of lot sort of the the how in my that I had in, in in my head, and and what's lovely about your situation, not that you had to go through this, but as a result of you know the relationship separation, that you found your passion, you've almost found your calling. You seem totally in love with what you do and supporting people so out of something so I guess traumatic for you at times you found something really quite beautiful and you're impacting not just your clients but there's a ripple effect to their families their work colleagues their kids and anybody that they come into contact with right right and it's it's funny to me because I've heard other people you, you have nowhere to go. You either mm. stay there, you rise yeah. to the top, right? Mm. So I definitely hit my darkest moments and I definitely, um, you know, took a lot of courage and, and determination and self-love to pull myself out of it. Mm. And I had a lot of tears 
a lot of, mm. there were a lot of tears, a lot of anxiety, a lot of um, what ifs, but I just kept pushing forward. I just kept pushing forward. I knew there had to be something on the other side. Mm. And, you know, while I was going through it, if you had asked me if that's where I wanted to be, I would have told you, are you crazy? Get me out of mm. here now. Mm. But now when I look back, I wouldn't change anything about it yeah. because it got to where I'm at. I, I, I have never been in such a beautiful, peaceful, loving place in my whole life, not mm. even with myself. And I love myself unconditionally, which leads to me my loving others unconditionally. Mm. And uh, so my world went from this dark place to this beautiful place. And I wouldn't change anything. I will go through it all over again if it's going to bring me to where I'm at right now, because I absolutely love what I do. I have definitely found my purpose and my passion and there's nothing else I'd rather do than what I'm doing right now. Okay. I'm giving you a virtual high five. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I felt I felt compelled to give you a virtual high five because I loved, I loved that answer. So I just wanted to ask, so from, from the moment that things, you have that moment of surrender, obviously you went on a journey. When did you decide during that process you wanted to do divine growth coaching and support people what what was that journey like when you decided yes this is what I need to do right right I think it was definitely I remember it was a sunny beautiful day I was driving and I was so happy and so overjoyed and such in a great place and then I was like I remember not being in that place just not that long mm. ago, you know? Mm. And I was really? like, wow, I want to help others get to this place. Mm. Like what, that's the beauty we go through life. And I went through life that in, I was very selfish. It was me, 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 mm. me, me. What can you do for me? And what can everybody else give to me? Right. Mm. And being of service was the last thing on my mind. And I was a social worker, but you know, that was my career and I loved what I did, but I don't, my heart wasn't fully open yet. Mm. Um, and when I got to a place that I felt healed and I felt my, like my heart was open, I'm like, how can I be of service to others? How can I help others? How can I help people get to where I'm at? Because I know that I wasn't alone in what I was going through. And I mm. know that a lot of people struggles with, um, with all of, you know, what I was struggling with. Mm. And so that really like just being able to help others just was born from me, from my healing yeah. because I never would have thought I would have been a coach. That was the last thing on my mind. Okay. Okay. Fabulous. And you, you mentioned something earlier, which I, which I like what you said. And I just wanted to ask <laughs> you just around that, uh, what we, res- what we resist persists. So can you maybe just talk around that and what you mean by that? Uh, sure. So we resist um, processing emotions, especially the emotions, deep emotions, you know, mm. things that we've gone through. And when we feel fear and anxiety, and if something's hurting us, we don't process, we, we don't want to process it. Mm. And so what happens is that starts because it's, it's, it's an emotion that gets trapped in our body and it mm. needs to be released somehow. And, but we're afraid to release it. It's like, we're afraid of letting it go because we don't, we're not sure what's going to happen if we do. Like I said, it's a habit. Mm. So it's familiar to us, right. To be mm. this way. So if we let that go, who are we? Right. Mm. And so I think that's why we resisted. It's because of the fear of the unknown. Okay. Um, and so I feel once you take the time to the courage to actually um, process it, it doesn't 
persist anymore because now it doesn't have any hold on you. Mm. And now you can, it like flows through you. And it's like that energy, it's not stuck in your body. It yeah. just flows through you now. Okay. okay. Yeah, no, no, totally makes sense. So I loved, okay. I loved this <laughs> when you said, I thought I need to ask about that. that <laughs> and I just wanted to ask around sort of the pandemic, because obviously you work with lots of people, I guess women predominantly, I'm, I'm making an assumption there. The pandemic, I'm guessing, m- might have put more of a strain on relationships. Have you seen that in your in your work? Oh, most definitely, most definitely. But the pandemic has been, you know, again, everything. Uh, the pandemic has been hard on everybody, mm. um, but a lot of relationships and and all kinds of relationships, not just mm. intimate relationships. You yeah. know, you live with your parents, you live mm. with your kids, you live mm. with some people have other family members and friends that lives with them. And when you go, you know, when normally we don't have this, another reason we don't have time to process emotions is because we're running around, you know, from a nine to five to let's take the kids here. We're always keeping ourselves busy. So we, Mm. that doesn't give us time to slow down and process things. Right. Mm. The pandemic has given people the ability to do that now. Mm. Um, So it's been, you know, I know the pandemic has been hard, but it's also been, um, kind of a beautiful thing in a sense that people have been able to kind of look within. They've mm. had the time to sit down and look within. And I know a lot of people who have been pivoting in so many different ways because of it. And so, but yeah, definitely a lot of relationships, you know, when you go from not seeing each other to having to see each other 24 seven, mm. that's, you know, that's been tough on a lot of people. Yeah. And just kind of going back to a question I mentioned earlier, I'm jumping around a little bit, but Right. In relation to the way that you coach people now, and I'm just thinking about people when they get married, is there any benefit? I think there is benefit, but I'm just don't know how it would work in, I don't know, before you get married or during that that first year of having access to someone like you, who's going to say, look, these are some, some situations are going to show up and you wouldn't have experienced them yet because you've only just got married but they're going to show up, but it's important that you know how to process these situations when they arrive. They're going to be, it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's almost like, it's almost like taking a car in for a service. You would, you know, at a six month interval or 12 month interval, I don't know what it would be. They would have a session with someone like you that can say, you know, how things go in and they might say, well, this has happened and how have you did? And do you know what I mean? So I'll let you answer the question. Right. So what came to me intuitively is that there is a benefit to it, not in the sense that I will prepare them for stuff that could happen because Mm. we're not going to, we don't know if it's going to happen. It could happen. It can't happen. But I think the benefit of working with a a, a coach is that before you get married or at the beginning stages is that we, what usually when we married, this is something I wish I would have known when I got married. Mm. We got married and we had healing to do on our own. So it's two hurt people coming together without processing emotion, Mm. learning how to process in their own emotions, Mm. trying to hold together a marriage. And so when you come from that place, you're expecting stuff of each other, you know? Mm. And so you're coming from a place of lack and fear. And you have a lot of expectations from each other Mm. that are not heartfelt. They come from fear Mm. and and anxiety and, and pain. And so I feel like when you take the time to heal yourself, um, then you can show up for each other authentically and without any expectations mm. and from your heart, which is, that's what this work is all about. It's really about connecting you to your heart, mm. to your heart space and getting you out of your head space so that you can connect with each other 
how you're meant to connect with each other without any blur mm. lines in the middle, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, interesting. Interesting stuff. So for people listening, watching who identify with this, but maybe they they've got the question about, you know, what do I do now? If somebody wants to fix their situation or certainly deal with it or become aware or even surrender, what would your advice be to those guys? My advice would be to just get clear on what they want, really Mm. connect to themselves. I think for a lot of times I did a lot of stuff and we're all taught to do things like this. We do things for others, right? Mm. We do things because we want to be accepted by our parents and society Mm. and this person and that person. So that doesn't help us to get clear on what Mm. we want and be real and authentic and connect to our real Mm. selves. So I would say people to start, like, just sit down and get clear on what it is that you want and Mm. clear your mind and let it flow. Just write what you want and follow that intuition. And if it takes you, you know, wherever it's taking you, and then you can see where, where you need the coaches Mm. or the people to help you, to support you. Cause they will, once you get clear on what you want, the support kind of starts to show up even without you looking for it. Right. And so that's what I found in my journey that once I got clear on what I wanted, that's when things started to kind of fall into place for me. (laughs) That's, that's interesting stuff. I think that's definitely interesting stuff. Um, (laughs) So, so just in relation to you, obviously people will be able to glean from your accent that you're, you're in the States. So do you work with people predominantly in the States or could you work with somebody in the UK or in Canada or in other countries? What does that look like for you? Yeah, so it's um, nationwide, worldwide, as long as you have access to a Zoom. I okay. do like to, when I coach, I like to connect to my clients mm. face, you know, mm. if it's not face, face, face over Zoom so that mm. we can see each other, feel each other. Because if, you know, you're going to open up to me and I'm going to help you, we have mm. to build trust, right? You're not going to mm. open up to me if you don't trust me. And, I, and, and that's the way we get to build trust by seeing each other and working with each other. But yes, I can, I work with people all around the world. I can, and we can do it through Zoom. Okay, perfect. And just in terms of people contacting you, what's the easiest way for people to contact you, to find you? So, yes, it's at divinegrowthcoaching.com. I have mm. that's my website. I have social media, my Facebook, it's Divine Growth Coaching um, LLC on Facebook. But those are the two options. There's an email, there's a phone number there. Um, and I do like, if people want to work with me, there's a, I always like to do what I call a 30 minute breakthrough session Mm. sometimes goes over that, but Mm. it's just so we can get a feel for each other to make sure we're a good fit. Right. Okay. Okay. Perfect. And all those details I'll put in the show notes because yeah, just really enjoyed the conversation been really enlightening. So thank you for sharing there's so much, there's, there's lots more that we could cover, but time sort of um, compromises us a little bit, but maybe we can do something else at a later date to uh, awesome. un- unlock more of all this amazing stuff. There's, there's always a question I ask everybody at the end of every episode. And it's a question around if you could invite three inspirational people for dinner, who would you invite? <laughs> so that's funny because if you had asked me that question before I did all this work, I would have said, and without judgment, people who were famous and yeah. rich and wealthy mm. and, um, you know, who I thought were living the life. But yeah. after this work, I, I would say people like Jesus, Mother mm. Teresa, Martin Luther King, Gandhi, mm. people who made an impact in the world, people mm. who moved, helped move the world from beyond fear and separation and mm. into love and oneness, because I, 
there's an illusion that there's separation between all, all of us. And I do truly believe that we're one, we're connected and, and we're, we're made of love. That's why we seek love so much because it's within us and it's who we are at the core. Yeah. Now they would be inspirational people. Could you, could you pin it to three? Uh, so if I had to go with three, I would say um, Jesus, Mother Teresa, and Martin Luther King. Okay. That okay. would be my top three. Okay. Okay. <laughs> wow. Think about the conversation that would happen at that. Wow. Right. That the would convers- be that would The fun. conversation. Wow. That would be, I wish I could make one of these happen. Maybe, yeah. So that, that won't be difficult because, but, um, but Amida, it's been such <laughs> fun and really enlightening having you today on My Perfect Failure. Thank you for being authentic and honest and sharing such wonderful information. And I'm sure there'll be people that contact you and be looking at your site and site, sorry. And yeah, I'm sure you're going to impact so many people in the future. Thank you. Thank you so much for this beautiful opportunity and for this beautiful moment that we've shared together and for allowing my voice to be heard, um, you know, by your listeners and for my, my story to be, to be heard, because that's what uh, I want to do, inspire and empower Mm. people through my story to know that they have the power. If I can do it, they can do it. Right. We're all cut from the same scissors. We all have we're all made from the same material. So if I overcame something, so can they. And just to, to just keep moving, have faith in yourself, mm. um, believe in yourself, self-love and have fun. I think mm. in life, we forget, we always go through life so seriously and life is meant to, ha- we came to this world to have fun. That's one of my big things. Like life is supposed to be fun. Mm. Try to find the fun in everything. Find the things that light you up, things that when you were a kid made, you know, made you smile, made you laugh mm. and make time for that. Even if it's five or 10 minutes a day, just live again, yeah. because I think we forget to live. Yeah, I think we do. I think, I think definitely I agree with that. <laughs> definitely get caught up in the chaotic nature of life and you forget to have fun. What is fun? Right, right. right. I was yeah. one of those people. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Amida, thank you so much. And hopefully we'll do this again. And thank you, everybody, for tuning into My Perfect Failure. You can find me at www.myperfectfailure.com and please look out for the next episode of My Perfect Failure. Take care for now. Bye. Thanks for listening to My Perfect Failure podcast. Be sure to visit www.myperfectfailure.com to join the conversation. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Look out for our next episode.